You're listening to Different Things Can Be Sad. Hello and welcome to Different Things Can Be Sad, where it's cool to care about North Korea and Netflix. I am Yasmin Lomax. And I'm Micah Hahn. And we are your hosts for episode three of Different Things Can Be Sad. I can't believe we've already had three episodes. Yeah, well, we've had like, I guess, three and a half. We had an Mm -hmm. introduction one that you should definitely listen to if this is your first time tuning in. Um, It explains a lot about who we are, where the idea for the podcast came from, and what you can expect. Um, But yeah, three episodes. Um, Today we are coming at you from, well, I am about an hour outside Dublin, Ireland. And I am in New York City. Don't even say it. It's making me so jealous. I'm sorry. So much. I found um, a supermarket the other day that sells Swedish fish and milk duds. And like, I'm like living. Nice. I just, I just miss it so much, Micah. I need to be back already. It's too uh, hot here currently, but other than that, can't complain. How hot is it? It's 32 Celsius and oh 70% humidity. What? Yeah. <laughs> I went outside today and was like, oh, I'll sit in the park and I'll read and I'll be cool and eat my bagel. And then I like started to melt and I thought, oh. you know what? Indoors is a nice place to be. Yeah, that 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 is not fun. Well, no. um, it, hasn't, it hasn't been that hot here. Uh, we had a few hot days the other week. But it's it's been fairly fairly normal. Um, since I last saw you, I finished up my road trip in Canada, and that was quite hot. Yeah, um, yeah. So for anyone who hasn't been following me on the socials, which you definitely should, um, after I left Micah in Vank, as I call it, or <laughs> Vancouver, or Vancouver, we went through the Canadian Rockies and that was all a lot of fun. We did cool things like whitewater rafting and horse riding and all that kind of jazz. And then I flew over to Ireland where I guess I kind of like live half the time. I don't know. I'm kind of confused. Um, but like my family all live here. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, at the moment I'm interning at a few different magazines and I am freaking loving it. It's so good. Do you feel like you're kind of living the dream a little bit? Um, legit. So, um, again, if you don't follow me on socials, you won't know this, but if you do, you've been well oversaturated by this information, <laughs> but like, um, legit on my first day, like they took me to interview Sting and it, it was pretty freaking amazing. Yeah, and super cool. Yeah. Like the whole thing has just been amazing. Like, I mean, my eyeballs are kind of burning today cause I wrote like maybe like 4,000 words in seven hours, like on a computer oh, wow. screen. But, like, I've got to do really cool things. Like, you know, we went on this, like, three-hour road trip to do, like, a photo shoot. Um, mm-hmm. I've got to, like, interview a few different people. And, like, they've sent me out in, like, taxis that I catch across the city. And I'm like, that's cool. – it's so Carrie Bradshaw. But, yeah, I, I, I absolutely love it. So it's pretty that's awesome. awesome. But what about you? You're living the dream. You're in New York for the summer. Um, yeah. So last time we talked, I was in Vancouver and then I hopped on a plane and to LAX went, with a dream in your cardigan. Uh, if only, um, I hopped on a plane to Heathrow and then to the Marseille airport and spent, uh, 10 days in the South of France with my family and ate a huge amount of bread and a huge amount of cheese. And I don't feel guilty at all. Cause it was amazing. Eat what like you so want. Call me by your name. Like I know. It, the place that we stayed in, um, here on an audio medium, I will describe visual things to you. Um, it <laughs> was effective. It was the like ramparts of the old city, and it had towers from which they would like look for enemies and stuff. But the place we were staying in was in that tower. So oh. you could walk up a spiral staircase, which was very small, and go mm-hmm. to the top of the tower and see like the entire French countryside with just like rolling fields of wine and it was so cool um so so yeah I um after France I came over here to New York and got sassed a bit by the border guy because he thought why are you back here already you were just here for four months why do you want to come back I feel like um I'm in a relationship yeah um but he let me in so it's good 
So I'm here until July 2nd. Awesome. Yeah. Um, before we get into, um, I guess, like, and our topics for the month, um, we just wanted to address some developments since yep. last episode. So do you want to hit us up with those, Micah? So the most exciting development is that the referendum that we talked about last episode, it passed and in like a landslide that no one expected, which was amazing. And so hopefully I've been hearing different things, but ideally sometime in next year, so January as 2019, the actual legislation will be in place and they'll have abortion rights in Ireland. Um, That sparked quite a few different things. in the UK, people got really um, interested in Northern Ireland because now Northern Ireland is the only place in the UK. Not that Ireland is in the UK, but Northern the British Ireland, Isles, yeah, in the, British in the Isles. vicinity. Yeah, uh, Northern Ireland is the only place that doesn't have abortion rights, and so there's been quite a bit of talk about trying to get abortion rights for people there. We will see. Um, the other exciting thing that happened a couple of days ago is that Argentina, as well, is working towards. Um, getting people access to abortions and they're going through a legal process like creating laws instead of a referendum so that's really exciting so it's just been a a happy time for women's human rights so it's exciting yeah i have to say the the mood here is like fantastic following it like everyone is just so so proud um I have interviewed a couple people for the magazines that I'm interning at a couple of like celebs in Ireland who've um one who like campaigned um a lot for um the yes movement and Mm -hmm. yeah she was just saying that like it is it's so great like it just shows that we're a young country and we're a progressive country and i mean i personally think it's really interesting because there's so many countries that are voting conservative like oh yeah like pretty much everyone's voted conservative the past two years like everyone's scared of what's going on in the world Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like regressing backwards um into like safety nets and Mm -hmm. it's really really cool that like ireland is making i mean i'm not going to call it a progressive decision because like so many other places in the world were already doing it but they're taking mm-hmm. steps forwards rather than backwards and backwards and it's, yeah it's so awesome so um yeah really 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 great mood here um so i guess we can move on to our monthly faves now yeah okay so books um, I've been trying to read a lot while on, I guess I'm on vacation. Um, I read The Light Between Oceans by M.L. Stedman, which was really great. It was like fun, not fun, it's kind of sad, but it's oh. a <laughs> novel um, also about parenting and stuff like that. It takes place on an island with a lighthouse on the Australian coast. So it's cool. it sounds so relatable to you, Micah. This I know, I, I know. I love lighthouses. I'm from Australia. Just You're a parent. Kidding. You're basically parent. my parents. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it was really great. Um, there's a movie with Alicia Vikander and Michael Fassbender. So pretty cool. I want to watch the movie. Um, just fun read. I feel like sometimes we feel like we read, need to read really heavy stuff. Um, and this was just like good, fun read just to nice. like vacation read. Um, and then heavy stuff. Um, I've been listening, reading uh, Go Tell It to the Mountain by James Baldwin. I've mm-hmm. really wanted to read more James Baldwin because I feel like we should read from a variety of different people. And I read a lot of books written by women. Um, it's not a bad thing, but I wanted to read something very different than that. Um, so James Baldwin, I don't people didn't know is um, an African-American, gay African-American writer, or was um, really active in the civil rights movement. And um, I haven't finished it yet, but it's really interesting. And it talks a lot about religion in Harlem. Um, and I like it so far. So That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, I've sadly not been doing as much reading. Um, my vacationing has involved... The whole time in Canada was like a lot of moving about. So like, you know, nearly every day we were moving to a new location. There was a lot of activities. Like I was Mm -hmm. with other people all the time. So I wouldn't say there's been a lot of reading. And then since I've been back in Ireland, I've been 
flat out with these internships. Like mm-hmm. I wake up at seven and I don't usually get home till that time that evening. So it's like, you know, 12 hour days kind of thing. Um, I have read one book that I loved. Mm-hmm. It is called I Was Born for This and it's by Alice Oseman. Um, she is a 23 year old author from England. Damn. Uh, she- yeah, and this is her third book. She had her first book published when she was 19, mm-hmm. um, which is, like, wild to me, just that she had the perseverance and, like, commitment as a teenager to do that when, you know, there's so many other things going on. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I read one of her other books. haven't read the very first one yet, um, but this one's definitely my favorite. So it is um, – told in like a dual narrative perspective so there's there's two narrators mm-hmm. um and it's basically about boy bands and fandom so you've got the two narrators there's um angel rahimi who mm-hmm. i believe that's how it, her last name is pronounced um and she is uh, a muslim teenager who is obsessed with a boy band called the ark um mm-hmm. so naturally the other perspective in the book is jimmy kagarichi which i Again, Hope is how I'm supposed to be pronouncing that. Mm-hmm. And he is the lead singer of the band. Oh, cool. And he's actually like a trans guy. So there's really great um, representation in it. There's also uh, like the other two guys in the, the band. One is um, a black teenager and the other mm-hmm. one is bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, we have another character who is of Indian descent, I believe, and is bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um so it was really great to see that representation in YA, which is what this is. It's a young adult novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really loved it because, I mean, like, I love boy bands. Um, and I've definitely, mm-hmm. like, been obsessed with boy bands. Like, cough, One Direction. <laughs> um, but I've always, like, you know, I, I mean, not always. Like, when I was growing up, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, they're famous. But, like, now that I am, like, what like five years older than harry was when one direction started like it mm-hmm. freaks me out how young they were when they were plunged into that so mm-hmm. and i really think like what alice has written is like it, i don't know if it, it feels like a lot of that could be very true so she's it's very well researched um she does have a youtube series on how oh, cool. she wrote the book um and we'll link to that because i've been like pretty addicted to it and it basically mm-hmm. follows it like from the very beginning it was like a two-year process of, you know, mm-hmm. coming up with the ideas um, and then to publication. And then at mm-hmm. the end, she does like a how she researched the minority characters. So, um, yeah, really, really recommend that. It's If anyone's interested in writing, it's a really cool insight and the book is phenomenal. I have been watching a huge amount of movies because I'm currently living with film students. Oh, um, yeah. One of them's my boyfriend, the other one, um, also a film student, and so we've been watching a lot of them. But I've been movie passing it up. Um, quick, I have the movies I've seen that just came out. Um, I saw Ocean's 8, which was fun. I loved the representation. I thought it was so cool to see so many women and women of color on screen. Um, and, like, freaking badass ones. Like, I, mean, I know. Me and Rihanna are, like, they are queens. So, so that's- cool. Um, yeah. It was, like, definitely a fun movie. We had just watched Ocean's Eleven in, like, preparation, and I feel like it's not as good as Ocean's Eleven, and it tries really right. hard to be, but it kind of fails. But still, like, if you're a woman who loves seeing women on screen, definitely watch it. Or if you're a man who likes seeing or anyone. Um, the other sequel I saw was Incredibles 2, which was also so much fun and had very cute Jack-Jack in it. Did you see the first Incredibles? I did. Now, this is maybe blasphemous, but I'm not like a huge Disney person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not in a rush to see it. I think mm-hmm. I saw The Incredibles once, like when it came out. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I know he's like the little, like, baby. He's the baby. Thing. Yeah. Um, I remember Violet being cool. She was kind of yeah, like a Wednesday awesome Addams in this. Classic, right? Yeah. yeah. She's an angsty teenager in this, even Love more it. so. Awesome. Um, great, great movie. So much fun. And then the other movie that I saw. Um, old movie about to throw a bit of shade at it. Um, no, please don't. I know what you're going to say. We do have a Google Doc, so we have a, a yeah, rough idea. Um, and I'm really not okay with this. So uh, we watched 500 Days of Summer the other day, yes. and we all hated it with a burning oh. passion. I you which hated it. Here's here's what I think. It's that. <gasps> It's a very early 2000s movie, and it tries... Like, what, when was the first time you saw 500 Days of Summer? Like, how old were you? Um, I think the 
Oh, the first time I saw it would have been when it came out and I wasn't that interested because I was too young. Mm-hmm. And then I probably saw it again when I was like maybe 16 and I was like, oh my God, this is my life. And like, mm-hmm. I adored it. And for like maybe the next three years, I would watch it like very regularly. See, I think it's like, it's a movie that's made to appeal to teenagers who like, not that teenagers are dumb and not that I think you were dumb as a teenager, but like, I was. Have this, uh, I mean, maybe we all were. I know if I had watched it at 16, I would have been absolutely in love with it and would have thought it was... Yeah, I also I think the time it came out, like, it very much fit into that um, Tumblr acoustic guitar... No, yeah. acoustic ukulele niche that was going mm-hmm. on at the moment. I mean, I don't know why a, a ukulele is an acoustic, but there was, like, there was a very big, like, um, bangs, Tumblr, uh, ukulele thing that was happening yeah. at the time, and this movie was, like, peak that and so I think it fits into that and I just it I what what I liked about it was that I watched it and I thought I would have loved this but now I don't and it shows that I've grown as a person because I find I I don't know if anyone hasn't seen it but if you have basic breakdown um Joseph Gordon-Levitt um is this romantic guy who just wants to fall in love and then one day he meets Zoe Deschanel's character, whose name is Summer, and he's like instantly like, she's the girl for me and we have to date. But you know, at the beginning, the tagline is it's not a love story. It's like not about them falling in love. And so the movie kind I of- still wanted them to work it out. Like I yeah. still thought they were going to make it work. I just, he, so the plot kind of jumps around and it shows like the whole 500 days out of order. And the best way to describe what I didn't like about it is to use like, terms that people have coined to just like mm. describe these t- stereotypical characters so i would say joseph gordon levitt is definitely a nice guy tm yeah which is like this is kind of a new thing it's these guys who say they're really nice and sometimes they'll even say they're feminists and they say they respect and love women but then they kind of have i saw this great meme it was like a guy who had a card it was like a punch card that you get for ice cream and it said um times i've respected women and the reward is sex with a woman and it's kind of like i have <laughs> I am nice to women because if I respect them, then they'll have sex with me and they have to because so I'm nice to them. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice guy TM. It's and I feel like he does that a lot. Um, I found the quote that kind of shows this is that he says he and Zoe Deschanel are arguing about whether or not they should be in a relationship and she doesn't want to be because she wants to be independent. And he's like, no, we should. And he says, you're not the only one that gets to uh, say in this. I do too. And I say we're a couple, God damn it. And I don't know. I just find it very like, you can't force someone to be in a relationship with you. And I think like, I love the plot. I love this idea that like, yeah. you learn about it. It's about an uneven romance. And one guy like, it happens to everyone. Like, you like someone, and they don't like you the same amount. But I yeah. feel like it, he never redeemed himself. Like, he never realized that, like, no one owes him love. Because at the end, is it not sort of implied that he's going to get with Lila A girl named from Friday Night Lights? Autumn. Is that who it is? Yes. Um, yeah. So it's just kind of, like, icky. And then Zoe Deschanel's- I mean, I didn't – just, like, a note on Jessica gordon yeah. being a nice guy TM – um, the defense I'll give him is that mm-hmm. he did seem genuinely nice, and mm-hmm. like I don't think it was a thing he was doing to old girls or like just trying to get in her pants. Like I mm-hmm. think he was like genuinely in love with her. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah. That that was him. Yeah. And I felt Zoe Deschanel's character was very like this is an overused term, but she was definitely a manic pixie dream girl. Like she was. Yeah created to be this cool quirky girl yeah love the smiths just for him like she was a plot device she wasn't a person and mm. i feel like she could have become more of a person if we got to see anything from her but like you don't you never get to really see like her thinking other than through his lens um and never like yeah I, I guess it just was very frustrating to see this girl who clearly like had strong opinions about what she wanted from her life and then changes those opinions, but we never get to see why, like truly why she has those opinions and why she changes them and like what her relationship, the relationship they had meant to her. Um, so I just, yeah, I think um, if it was made now, how old mm-hmm. is this movie? It must be about 10 years, right? Like, 
So yeah, so nearly ten years old. Yeah. yeah, I think like if it was made today, I would Indeed. very much hope that someone in the room would have been like, "Hey, this should be like a dual narrative or something like that." Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it wouldn't have had the same impact slash message, but like the one that it would have had would have been more fitting to like the time yeah. that we're viewing now. Well, so one after watching this, I got like really into like looking into what people had to say, and I'll link in the description of this podcast some of the um, articles, like feminist film review articles that I've read. But one thing I learned was that the director and writer of this, he wrote it after a breakup. The fact that like it's about it's his like art that he created out of the pain of breaking up with someone like Zoe Deschanel's yeah. character. Um, that that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Well, on the um, romance, could you call 500 Days of Summer Romantic Comedy? Yes, you can call yeah. it a romantic comedy. Um, I I watched one on Netflix recently. Mm-hmm. It only just dropped on mm-hmm. June 15th. I watched mm-hmm. it on June 16th. Ooh. Maybe it was 17th. Doesn't matter. I watched it very mm-hmm. soon after it was released. Mm-hmm. It is called Set It Up, mm-hmm. and it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, so amazing that I watched it twice in one day. Like, nice. I I adore it. So, mm-hmm. um, if you don't know, according to the IMDb page, um, it is described as a movie about two overworked and underpaid assistants. So there's Harper, who's played by Zoe Dutch. Uh, I think again, that's how you pronounce it. And Charlie, played by Glenn Powell, and they come up with a plan to get their bosses off their backs by setting them up with each other. So it's so just like kind of like parent trap. He legit makes a reference to the Baron Trap in it. Nice. Um, because, like, the, the banter that they have is, like, so witty and, like, mm-hmm. like funny and, like, it's edgy. Mm-hmm. And they have all these, like, relatable, like, millennial things. And it is just amazing. But basically, I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be, like, a Netflix original, a bit like The Christmas Prince, where, like, mm-hmm. it's it's cheesy and it's just so bad it's good. You can't help but love it kind mm-hmm. of thing. But no, it's like it's just plain amazing. Like honestly, it's the best rom com I've seen since Crazy Stupid Love. And I love Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, it's amazing. So I consider myself a rom com connoisseur. Like I am like Kelly Kapoor level fan girl mm-hmm. for rom coms. Like I adore them. And this mm-hmm. one is like it's making leaps up the ladder. So I kinda knew that I was gonna get really into it when um this is not a large spoiler or anything, but like Harper walks in on her best friend getting proposed to. And she's <laughs> like, oh my God, like I'm engaged. And Harper is like, oh my God, congratulations. But we're not old enough to get married yet. I <laughs> feel like that, that's how I'd react. Cause I have friends who are like engaged. Oh or yeah. Married that's how or, I've reacted like, to children. And it was just like the, the complete like genuineness of her being like, oh, but we're not old enough was like, <laughs> it, it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the the some shining lights in the film, in my opinion, is one mm-hmm. like Zoe Dutch. Her um, acting is like really, really genuine. Um, mm-hmm. Her character is like funny and flawed and witty, and I, I like I, I love her. Yeah. Um, Lucy Liu is a badass female sports reporter. Like I love that they did that. They made her this like powerful woman, and she's like a female sports reporter, which we don't see enough of. So. Yeah. Um, that was really great. And she also has like a scene where she tells Harper not to be the kind of woman who's afraid of the C word, but she says the C word. Um, Ooh. I'm not, I'm not going to say that because we'd get like an R rating, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's mm-hmm. edgy. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn Powell is great in it as like the leading man. Pete Davidson is in it. And I had no clue about that. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I adore it. Even being set in New York, which is like, you know the tropiest of rom-com oh yeah things like i don't know um what's that movie they came together with amy poehler and paul rudd and like mm-hmm. it basically makes fun of all the rom-com tropes and like mm-hmm. begins with like i guess you could say there was a third character in our romance new york city <laughs> like it's always the Perfect. go-to but oh, yeah. i mean it, it didn't feel tired like it was mm-hmm. oh, i mean i'm hoping my ramblings getting this um no it sounds awesome if not have ads for it all over new york so yeah yeah so if 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 i haven't been very coherent about this i am better in the written word and i've recently just written an article for stellar.ie which is one of the places i'm interning um and that will hopefully be up soon and it's basically like why i love rom-coms and why i love this one like in Mm -hmm. particular as well as my ultimate favorite when harry met sally Mm -hmm. um so yeah um when that is up i will put a link 
to that on the socials and you can have a read of it. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully that will be more coherent. Mm-hmm. Other thing I would like to say about this is that um, the director, Claire Scanlon, um, one female director, like, yay, they do, like, there is yeah. not enough. Oh, no, there is not enough. That is a large, large, large issue. Um, but she was like seven to nine months pregnant or something, like, that when she was so filming this. badass. Yeah, and she had like her other child who was like two, like, coming mm-hmm. to set all the time. She freaking slayed. It's amazing. It is awesome. Mic drop, but not actually because expensive microphone. So we're gonna add a new category, and just this month probably. um, (laughs) When you hear what the category is, that will make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um. So because I've been in New York, um, we've been going to a bunch of plays, which has been really exciting, especially because the Tonys were pretty recently. Um. So first, we went and saw Angels in America Part One. Um. It's uh. my boyfriend, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, awesome. I can't believe I'm saying that in that voice, but I've like literally been in love with him like since before the social network. Oh, yeah. And I started an Andrew Garfield fan club with my friends and we made badges. And this was based off like a singular episode of Doctor <laughs> Who. So just, this is my love for Andrew Garfield. He's wonderful. Yeah, so it's um, the play was originally written in like the 90s and this is a re- um, putting on at the show that actually they started in the West End and they've brought it back over to New York. Um, and it's about very, very broadly, it's about the AIDS epidemic and a like group of five people, six people who are all affected by it um, in different ways. And it's like, I think the tagline is a gay fantasia and it's wonderful. That's and it's in two much. parts. So I've only seen the first part and we got amazing tickets on very long, isn't it? It's super long. It's like seven hours altogether. And yeah, got, I was going to see it when I was in New York, and I was like, oh, oh, no, no, it's a lot of time. Um, yeah. But we got really great tickets, like five rows, or in the orchestra, five rows from the stage, which is awesome. Oh, my God. Um, Stop. I have a great anecdotal story in that we sat down, and this woman sits down beside us, and she's very, like, hoity-toity and, like, very proud yeah. that she has tickets that are so close to the stage and whatever. And then the show goes on, and there's gay jokes and there's jokes bashing Republicans. <gasps> Was she like shocked as heck? Um, so we get up and we go uh, during the intermission and we go and get like a drink, water, whatever, whatever and then we come back and the show's about to start and they, they didn't come back. So <gasps> we're pretty convinced that they didn't know that a show that had the tagline a gay fantasia. Was in fact a gay fantasia. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yes, I, it's only on for a little bit longer but would highly recommend. And then the other thing we saw, which when I found out we won tickets, because there's no way we we're going to buy them, um, I had a mini conniption and like lost my shit. That's a good um, band name, mini conniption. Mini conniption, yes. So my we'll mini- add it to the list. We'll add it to the list. My- crying in the Uber, mini conniption. They're the ones we have on our joint list of band names. Yes, because um, we're so musically inclined. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are mm-hmm. maybe alternative podcasts as well so <laughs> um yeah so the show we got to go see yesterday was cursed child ah, I, know. Ah, so if anyone, I can't scream loud because of the microphone but i'm so excited for you I know. so if anyone doesn't know that's the um play um it's called the eighth harry potter story um and it's all about harry potter and went like after during the epilogue and after the epilogue and his children and i won't tell you anything else because i when the it the play came out on the West End and they released like the book, which is the script. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not going to read it. I want to see it. And my best yeah, friend. Yeah, I had very mixed reports from that book. Yeah. So that was probably. Um, I think it's because you're supposed to watch a play. And yeah. Read it. Yeah. Um, and like my best friend was like, you're never going to be able to see. You might as well read it. And I was like, no, 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 no. I will I'm going to hold that It might be 10 years in the future, but I will see this. And then we won tickets which were $80 for both shows for the two of wow. us. Wow. We're three rows from the front of the stage. That it's is like, amazing. Good job. I'm, I'm so out. happy for you. That's so exciting. So currently, um, it's very hard to get tickets, and I'm very sorry for gushing about a show that you probably can't see. But because you're a loser, <laughs> unlike Micah. <laughs> um, the good news is, is that they actually converted a theater um, like two, they bought two theaters and then made like a really big one. Um, and they like 
they the whole play costs 40 million dollars which is more than plays normally cost because holy guacamole i know because they renovated the theater and the theater is like it looks like a harry potter theater like it's very is this the one off times yeah it's on uh it has like that creepy um, like nest with like a baby in it yeah yeah that Um, that is scary yeah it is um so it's there in and it's obviously going to be there for a long time because they've invested so much money in it so hopefully in a few years it'll be much cheaper to go to um and there'll actually be tickets that are easy to get so there Mm -hmm. is hope and you should definitely see it and if you haven't been spoiled yet don't spoil yourself going blind i was like when i walked in i was like i'm not going to listen to any conversation i'm not reading (laughs) the playbill no one can make this be spoiled for me and then john like knew what was going to happen and so during when we like you had to take a break, obviously, between the two shows to get dinner. And I was like, you're not allowed to tell me anything. I'm just going to sit here and speculate. But you can't say anything because I wanted, I just wanted, wanted to be pure. And I loved it. It was so good. It made me, I like, feel like a kid again. Because I was a massive, I still am, but I was a massive yeah. Harry Potter fan. And, like, regardless of, like, whatever J.K. Rowling and what yeah. shit she's been up to now, I still love Harry Potter. and just, It is a golden moment. Oh, it's so good. Um, so yeah, that's all our favorites this month, I think. Let's move on to our actual freaking content. So this week in politics, I thought I would bring it home because we were talking about other countries, but I really wanted to talk about Justin Trudeau um, this ah. month um, because um, he's been in the news a lot with the trade war stuff, which I will get to. Um, so everyone knows uh, Justin Trudeau is the streamboat prime minister who cuddles pandas and may or may not be Fidel Castro's stun, which is... Wait, sorry, what? Can you, can you talk <laughs> uh, about that? I'll, I'll explain that. Um, back in the Cuban Missile Crisis and after that, um, Justin Trudeau's father, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, um, was quite good friends with Fidel Castro and his wife... Oh. Um, was around there too, and there's a picture of Fidel Castro holding. Everyone says it's him holding Justin Trudeau, but it's actually he's actually holding Michael Trudeau, Justin's brother. Um, right. And people, there. I'll, I'll link one of the pictures in the show notes because it they look so similar, like young Fidel Castro and young Justin Trudeau. I bring up the conspiracy theory not to give it any credit, but more to no. just, just it's to- an example of like people obsessing over Justin Trudeau of as like a visual physical person who is cute and not as a politician, which is what he is. I mean, um, TBH, it's fair enough. He's yeah, walk, he's like very attractive. 6'3", He's tall, dark, and handsome. He is the youngest looking mid forty something I have ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I think Tom Brady is young looking, but like Trudeau looks younger than him. Like he is. Yeah, he he's he's a ten out of ten. A yeah. straight up ten out of ten. So that's that's our prime minister. So a bit of backstory. We got um, a ten out of ten. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it looks only in looks, but yes. Um, so bit of history. Justin Trudeau is actually part of one of Canada's only political dynasties. Like, mm-hmm. um, the states has the Kennedy family and the Bush family, the Bushes, and kind of the Clintons. And the Trudeaus are ours. So Pierre Elliott Trudeau, or as my TA in first year political science called him, Papa Trudeau, which I will Papa Trudeau. Papa, can you hear me? Exactly. So Papa Trudeau (laughs) was prime minister. I'm going to like pray to Justin Trudeau (laughs) in like the (laughs) Bob's Trizend song. What the heck? Anyways, he was prime minister for 15 years. Um, and he was actually, uh, a thing was named after him. It was called Trudeau mania. He was the most famous Canadian politician ever famous at home, famous internationally. Everyone loved him. He was single for most of the time he was prime minister and people were so sad when he mar- married, um, Justin Trudeau's mom, Margaret St. Clair. And she, um, was 28 years younger than him and an actress. So, and i don't yeah so he was really cool the so many things he did and he was quite controversial but the like biggest thing he did for canada was he um was part of the patriation of the constitution which in layman's terms means that canada until 1982 was uh, like much more under britain's control and they controlled all of our laws they decided everything and 
1982, Canada got full control over all of Canadian laws and the Constitution. And during that um, process, uh, Trudeau um, was instrumental in drafting the Charter of Rights in Canada. So that's why we have so many rights we have now is because of Justin Trudeau or Pierre Elliott Trudeau and his cabinet. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. So he's really awesome. So yeah. Trudeau. So he's getting your tick of approval, is he? Yes. Uh, okay. He's not my favorite prime minister. That's Lester B. Pearson, but that's another story. Yes, okay. I have a favorite prime minister. Um, so anyways, backstory on Trudeau himself, which I think is pretty interesting. So he grew up in, well, his dad was an officer. He grew up in Ottawa and Montreal. So he's bilingual. Um, oh. he, yeah. You, ha- you have to bilingual. Timothy um, Chalamet. That's true. So, um, also in English and French. Oh my God. I know. Could you imagine if they like met? They'd, met. They'd be such bros. Would never freaking recover. Like, um, <laughs> wow. So he had a pretty cool childhood, did all of that, um, and then moved to my province, which is British Columbia, in the 90s. And my favorite fact is that he moved to Whistler, which is like, it's where we had the Olympics, and he was yeah. a snowboard instructor and oh my a bouncer at a club. A bouncer, yeah. bless him. Um, and then he decided to be a teacher and got his teaching degree actually at UBC, which is the other university in Vancouver. And um, he taught drama for a while. He also taught French and he taught math um, just around Vancouver. So you could, like, I've been to some of the schools he taught at, which is cool. Um, and he has, a, he has kind of like a sad, um, like, early 20s, mid 20s, because um, his brother died in an anvil avalanche accident oh and then, oh that's yeah, i know and then like a year later and less than a year later his dad died because he just couldn't handle the oh, sadness God. i know um and then that was actually really important his dad had a state um funeral and justin did the eulogy and it was broadcast across the entire nation and it really brought him into the spotlight so oh, those photographs of him crying. Oh, they're after. so sad. Oh, they um, break my heart. They absolutely break my but heart. That really got him like into the public eye. And it took him another 10, 15 years until he entered politics. But after his all of that happened, he moved into advocacy. So he worked um an avalanche awareness because of his brother. And he also worked in environmental protection, which is interesting given his current politics being not completely environmentally protection oriented. Um, So then he entered federal politics in 2008 and then became leader of the Liberal Party, um, which is the center-left party in Canada um, in 2013 and got 80% of the vote within that party, which is insane. Um, I remember that um, election and it was like Trudeau mania again. Like people were obsessed with him. So then comes uh, October 2015, which is the federal election, um, mm-hmm. and that's the election that got him to be prime minister. And like setting the scene, we've had a conservative government for nine years. Stephen Harper is prime minister. He's anti-environment. He's anti-science. Everyone hates. Well, not everyone. Most people hate him. Um, there was a campaign that was called ABC, Anything But Conservative, and the entire campaign was just don't let them win, um, which is kind of how Justin Trudeau won. I voted for um, the Liberals in 2015 because I thought it was the best way to make sure that Stephen Harper wasn't prime minister again. Um, and they had quite a few promises during the election. It was a very intense election um, because it was right in the middle of the Syrian refugee crisis. Um, and remember that, this is really sad, remember that um, picture of that boy who washed up yes, on the shore? Yeah, so that yeah. that um, changed the tide of the election. That's that affected sad. the world. That yeah. was that was It affected enormous. the world, but it um, really affected the election itself. Um, and also at that time, um, Quebec, which is a province Justin Trudeau is from, had a law that was trying to ban religious um where in oh service yeah so it was very like mostly directed at like anti-hijab stuff so that really colored it um so this was all like in the air he also um promised um two things which have not happened which i will talk about um one was electoral reform um and the other was legalizing marijuana and those two things really are very left-leaning things 
and really like got him votes and that's i voted it for him because i hated stephen harper but also because i really wanted electoral reform um so those are all his promises and he did quite a bit and if you're canadian or if you're not canadian and you want to kind of see how he has done since 2015 there's a great website called trudeau meter which shows you every <laughs> single yeah it shows you every single promise he made and it shows you um if he did it if he didn't do it um if he's even started working on it or not um, which is awesome. And it's a great, great website. I think everyone should have that. So he wins and it's great. And right after he wins, it's, he has like a really intense couple months. Um, he comes out, he's always said he's a feminist man. Um, and he, uh, creates gender parody in his cabinet, which is very unique. I don't think like yeah. most countries don't have that. I know Sweden. I Iceland does. Sweden calls themselves a feminist government, which I think is really awesome. So this was Justin Trudeau trying to make himself a feminist government. Yeah. Um, I think, like, almost days, maybe weeks after he came into office was the Paris Climate Conference, and he signed on for that and kind of brought Canada from its very anti-environment stance to very pro-environment and tried to be really into that. And then his one of his provinces was he was going to bring 25,000 um, Syrian refugees into Canada by the end of 2015. He was elected in October. Very, oh, yeah. That is ambitious. Um, so he got 6,000. Um, you know I'm going to say good on him because I don't yeah. think anyone's going to hold him, hold it against him for not, like that, that was ambitious. Even yeah. like, yeah, that's, um, that's crazy. And then the other, the, so those are all like pretty great. Um, the one thing he did which pissed a lot of people off was that um, the conservative government right before they left office were working on an arms deal with Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doubled down on that. He said, we're going to do it anyways. We're selling arms to the Saudis, um, which at the time was bad because Saudi Arabia is like awful to its people and especially to the women. And it's hard to call yourself a feminist and then sell to a country that doesn't think women are equal to men. And in hindsight is even worse because Saudi Arabia is currently in a proxy war in Yemen with Iran um, using arms that Canada sold to them. So, oh no, Justin. Yeah. Justin, no. <laughs> that happened right away, and it was one of the first like big negatives against Justin Trudeau. Mm. Um, and there are many negatives against Justin Trudeau. I think everyone, um, especially being in America a lot, people are like, oh, Justin Trudeau, he's so wonderful. He isn't Trump. How can you not love him? Um, and I always say, I, he isn't Trump, but I think he could be much better. And there's so many things, but I'm going to point to three things that I think are really, I am really upset that he hasn't followed through in, and I think people should know about. So the first one is very, I guess, niche to Canada because I don't anyone knows about it. Um, one of the things that was happening before the election was, and, and for years, like 20, 30 years, is that all of these indigenous women in Canada were going missing. And there was no inquiry into it. No one really knew like why at such a high rate all of these women and girls were like disappearing off the sides of highways. Um, and so he said one of his things that he was going to do was create this inquiry and go around the country and talk to people and figure out where these girls are and why they're going missing. Um, and he did that, which is really awesome, except for the fact that every person, and, and they chose really great people to be on the committee, like really well-educated, diverse, mostly women who knew what they were doing. And every single person who was of a high ranking on that committee has left it because it was so badly done. Like Aww. they didn't give it enough money. They didn't seem to care about it enough. And I think, and that was one of his promises was to like bring success um, to this committee. And it just, it's been a disaster. And I find that especially because he, um, one of the things he campaigned on was like helping indigenous people. That's like really unfortunate that more than unfortunate that that's just gone badly Um, on a less sad note he also but sad to me as a political science nerd and person interested in politics um he just abandoned electoral reform so um electoral reform is so when you vote you vote in a certain way and then those votes get translated 
into seats in Parliament or in Congress or wherever you live. Um, and most, not most, but in Canada, in the U.S., um, they it's a first-past-the-post system. So your votes, um, whoever has the most votes wins, and that's it. And it doesn't really matter if, like, and it's divided into small groups. So it doesn't matter if on the whole um, more people, people liked a certain party. So like an American example is hard, but Hillary Clinton won the popular vote because of their electoral system and she didn't win because mm. of how the votes were translated. And Justin Trudeau famously said 2015 will be the last election under first past the post. And he just abandoned it. And that's really frustrating. But what I hate and what I think is the reason why he's not as feminist as he says he is, is he created a ministry um, and it was called the Minister of Electoral Affairs or something like that. And he gave it to this woman who has never been in office before, very young, um, and had no real expertise in it. And so he gave this portfolio to this woman and then decided that, um, like, nope, it's just not going to happen. Like, we, we've done the research and it, like, nothing, it's not good. Um, which is just not what the research says. Um, but, and then he like blamed it on this woman who he gave what, considering it was one of his biggest promises, I would say if I were in charge, I would give it to a person who's like an expert in that and really knows what they're doing, considering how important you made it. And yet he gives it to this woman who is not prepared to work on it. And then after she fails and he's like, you know what, this obviously didn't work. I'm going to reshuffle the cabinet and see what happens. Instead of kicking her out of the cabinet, which would have been awful, he gives her a different position, which is minister for women, which I think is insulting to women. Like you shouldn't say, oh, you failed miserably at this thing. So you're going to get this cabinet position that like isn't that important and you can't fail it. But I think women are very important. And, like, the issues that we face are difficult and should be handled by someone who can handle them. Um, and I don't know. It, it bugged me a lot. So that's I hear where you're coming from. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I, like, I feel sorry for her and where she stood. And I, like, would have been sad if she was fired. But I think it's kind of insulting. Um, anyways, it's an awkward situation. Yeah. So those are old news. He... Um, the last thing I want to talk about um, is pipelines. Um, so as I said, Justin Trudeau signed on to the Paris Climate Agreement. He said, we will be like environmental leaders, which is always weird when Canada says we'll be leaders in anything because we're small, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> 35 million people, but it really like, we try. Um, Give it a fair whack. And then he, um, we've been having this pipeline that's supposed to be going from Alberta, which is one province in um, mm -hmm. to uh, through British Columbia to the water so that we can um, ship raw bitumen um, from um, Alberta to the world. And it's been very, very controversial. Um, it, all the research shows that, all the non-governmental research shows that there is no way we'll ever meet our Paris um, goal if we allow it to happen because it's going to waste so much um, CO2 is going to be released into the atmosphere. Um, so that's one thing. We're never going to meet the environmental standards if it happens. The other thing is that it's not safe, per se. Um, I am biased. I will say this up front, because the pipeline is supposed to go under my school. And oh. I would rather not die. Um, and people have been very worried about it. And obviously, I trust the government to, like, make sure it's safe enough. But, like, I don't trust their standard like what they think is safe because like I should I'm sure they're gonna check but I, I it worries me as like a disaster is a disaster and like people live on like I go to school in a place where people also live um and that scares me um the other thing back to Justin Trudeau's kind of pitiful record with indigenous people um is that it goes through indigenous land and they don't really have any say in that um I Admittedly, my uncle actually worked on quite a few of the pipeline negotiations, and he said quite a few of the times they weren't consulted because they refused to be consulted. Right. Um, so it's a bit of a 
mixed bag of stuff. But yeah, where are we now? This is the reason why I thought it would be interesting to talk about Justin Trudeau right now um, is that we've come under fire recently because Justin Trudeau always seen as this golden boy and then President Trump um, has recently called Trudeau weak and meek and a liar. Um, He's like six foot three, mate. And a boxer. Uh, anyways, mm-hmm. and what I find is really fascinating is that so many people who I know who really hate, or not hate, but dislike Trudeau and don't think he's great, including myself, we've all been like, how dare you <laughs> leave our boy alone? Exactly. Um, and so it's interesting. And, and here's what, here's the thing is, I think there are many reasons to criticize Justin Trudeau. I don't think Trump is criticizing any of the right things. I think he's very wrong. And I don't like being besmirched this way no and what he's criticizing is literally justin trudeau's like diplomacy like that yeah, and he's like, defending his country from like yeah from and America. doing it in like a non-aggressive manner like even an mm-hmm. interview with him i was watching today like somebody asked him like oh what would surprise you or what would surprise most people about president trump and like mm-hmm. he was trying to like he was oh, trying yeah. so, so hard to say something that, like, wasn't going to offend President Trump but mm-hmm. also wasn't going to be like, hey, I love him and he's mm-hmm. a great bloke. Like, he, he tried so, so hard. And I, like, to criticize someone for literally acting like that, like, for, mm-hmm. for just literally being diplomatic is ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's I think that's when annoying. <laughs> Trump was elected, just a lot of people said, oh, Justin Trudeau should condemn Trump. He said they were not going to work with him because he's such an awful person. And Justin Trudeau didn't do that. And I think that is exactly what you're supposed to do because it's not our place to criticize the Americans. Um, on Again, their he said this, the same thing in this yeah. um, interview with the skim. They like asked him, um, you know, what would you want to change Donald Trump's mind on? And he was like, he was like, that's not my job. Like, my yeah. job is, I mean, obviously you have to care about world issues, but like, he's like, my job is to look after my country, not to tell someone, someone else, else how to run. Yeah. Theirs. And I mean, obviously like he is, I mean, we should all be concerned about things that are happening in the US, but like, yeah, to, it's not a as, wise as, statement to be going around. As a person, like, like we yeah. can all say we hate Trump, but Justin Trudeau isn't a person. Um, he's yeah. a prime minister. And yeah. unfortunately that's how it works. And you can't just say something like that and so it's a very interesting time in Canada right now and I think if things continue the way they are Justin Trudeau is gonna have a interesting time I honestly think that I was saying this to someone else that if the election were to be held because in Canada we have a system in which you can have an election whenever yeah if an election were to be held like tomorrow I think Justin Trudeau would win in a landslide because everyone currently is like screw trump protect <laughs> justin yeah and honestly protect Justin. um if i guess so the next Canadian election unfortunately is in 2019 which in that case trump will still be president if nothing happens um and if nothing changes i think as much as i dislike trudeau i think this trudeau's the the only option, because I don't know if anyone else can handle it, and I don't want to sacrifice any of my rights to find someone who can handle it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that is um, Canada greatly affected by the rest of the world, but also misseen by the rest of the world, and I think that's why I want to talk about this. Um, okay, so in pop culture news this month Mm -hmm. we are going to be talking about the relationship between um songstress ariana grande Mm -hmm. and saturday night live saturday night live star pete davidson Mm -hmm. um so i just want to make this clear that this isn't really like i'm I'm not going to be giving my opinion on their relationship or anything like that because I think I've said before on this podcast that Mm -hmm. I really don't like when people comment on other people's personal lives. Um, This is more going to be a discussion about the media coverage and like interest in the relationship Mm -hmm. and relationships in general. So yeah. Um, So if you don't know, uh, Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande are a very new couple, but one that is quite serious so they both had very recent uh breakups from long-term relationships Mm -hmm. um 
Pete Davidson with writer Cassie David and um, Ariana Grande with rapper Mac Miller. Mm-hmm. And then very soon after that, they've publicly come out with this new relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, I'm, I'm not going to comment on that because we don't know what happened with those breakups, what the circumstances were. And I don't think it's right to judge what's right or wrong. Yeah. There. Um, but yeah, basically, um, they were doing a little bit of Insta commenting on each other. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I believe Pete was the first one who made it official with a picture of them dressed up in like Harry Potter robes for super I mean, cute. Like, I assume it was a party. Like I kind of mm-hmm. hope it was a party. Like actually, you know what? I hope it wasn't a party and they were just like chilling. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, so I think like commenting doesn't really confirm anything like i've definitely sent you screenshots of people that i'm like oh there's a bit of commenting going on here mm-hmm. i wonder what's what's the goss but um the the photo the photo confirmed things and yeah. it got me thinking about great celeb costumes mm-hmm. um, i'm a big fan of costumes because i'm a big fan of celebrations like anytime mm-hmm. there's a chance to get dressed up or a chance to celebrate a holiday i think you should take it and there has been some great celebrity costumes that I thought mm-hmm. we would um, touch on. First of all, we have got Tom Brady and Giselle mm-hmm. Bunchen. I believe mm-hmm. I probably mentioned Tom Brady on every episode of this podcast so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I also believe I've said I believe like a <laughs> billion times in this podcast. Like okay. it, I, it's it's next level. Anyway, mm-hmm. they did a really great costume for last year's Halloween where they went as like avocado and toast. Cute. And um I, yeah, one it was adorable, but two, like because they've got this reputation for being like super like healthy. Mm-hmm. Um it was kind of like tongue in cheek, which I really enjoyed. Like mm-hmm. I love showing a bit of sense of humor or like a little bit of a reference in costumes. Mm-hmm. Um another one, Neil Patrick Harris and David Burke. I love they them. Go, oh, they're so great. They go yeah. all out with their kids. Like they do like family costumes. Yeah. And they just look like they have the most fun. Like they should convince even the biggest dudes that like you should dress up because Speaking it's, it's freaking fun. Costumes, yeah. The Trudeau family does really cute family costumes at Halloween as well. Oh, really? If you want to check out oh. his Instagram. Yeah. I will definitely be doing that. Um, other great family costumes. We've got Beyonce and Jay-Z went as like Barbie and Ken one cute. year with like Blue Ivy also as a little doll. And like they even had like boxes that they were mm-hmm. um, standing in. And like, I guess that's kind of cool as well because it's like a political thing. Like, you know, Barbie was always this like, kind of like unrealistic like blonde hair blue eyes kind of figure and yeah. then like for a black woman to be like hey i'm barbie now like f yeah girl that's so cool mm-hmm. um when heidi uh heidi klum and seal were together they mm-hmm. did some pretty crazy ones like there was one where um she was like this enormous superhero like she was literally on like stilts and he was like this little silver man next to her and she had like her whole face in like purple glitter and like a big red wig and it was so cool and um they also did one where um they did like eve and the apple but like heidi was the apple um and i just like love when people like you know huh if you want to do like a hot costume go ahead i can't stop you but like mm-hmm. I do think Halloween especially is a time where like just you don't like, like on mean girls, like what they say, you don't have to be like that. You just, just have fun. Like just mm-hmm. don't worry about what you, you look like or looking, you know, hot for one day. Mm-hmm. Like just, just really wear what you want to do. And I think that's what like Heidi, it was pretty cool to see like the, the, like one of the most powerful supermodels in the world wasn't like worried about, looking like a powerful supermodel mm-hmm. on Halloween. She just was having the time of her life. So mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Um me and my dog, Audrey, we sometimes do couples costumes. Mm-hmm. So last year we went as um tacos together. Mm-hmm. Um and then this year I really want us to go as Carrie Bradshaw and a Cosmo. So like I want to put like one of those cones around her head and like stick an olive in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna gonna hit that up. Um but yeah, that's that's like one. I I don't know. I thought it was really cool that um, Pete and Ariana like did that. I thought it was like yeah. a cute way to 
announce the coupledom. Um, yeah. But they have been met with a lot of backlash, um, almost all of which I think is freaking ridiculous because you should mm-hmm. keep your nose out of things. Um, but one that's like really, really bothered me, and we spoke a little bit about this, like, mm-hmm. is people saying that like he shouldn't be in a relationship because he has a borderline personality disorder. Um, Absolute bullshit. Yeah. And I cannot believe that people, I guess like under the guise of like looking out for Ariana, think Mm. they can say these kind of things to people. So so basically um, Pete came out on his Instagram stories Mm -hmm. um, and took like a screenshot of the notes on his computer or Mm -hmm. sorry, his iPhone Mm -hmm. and basically said, um, normally I wouldn't comment on something like this because like F you, but I've been hearing a lot of people with um, BPD can't be in relationships talk. I just Mm -hmm. want to let you know that's not true. Just because someone has a mental illness does not mean they can't be happy and in a relationship. It also doesn't mean that that person makes their relationship toxic. Everybody is different and there are a lot of treatments for mental illnesses and I have done slash am doing them all. And I encourage those who struggle to seek help as well. It has changed my life for the better. I just think it's effed up to stigmatize people as crazy and say that they're unable to do stuff that anyone else can do um it's so ridiculous yeah yeah he goes on to say like it's not their fault it's the mm-hmm. wrong way for people to look at things totally right um then he kind of owns it he's like i may be crazy but at least i'm aware of it i'm not afraid to be honest mm-hmm. I'm not hiding behind a twitter instagram account so mm-hmm. he's kind of he's kind of um hitting there on like the cyberbullying element of it because like yeah. this would really affect people and basically he's saying writing this because I want everyone out there who has an illness to know that it's not true. And that anyone who says that is ill and full of shiz. Um, and then he basically says, um, you know, be happy, you know, seek help if you need to. So I think he touched on a lot of interesting points. Um, the last being, um, that he's using his platform to like provide a bit of information and like assistance to people who might need it and who might be important. Yeah, uh, two that like he himself is like being cyberbullied like by anonymous yeah. like accounts, um, and three I just don't like this thing that like he, that he's making a relationship toxic, especially like with a new relationship. You probably have a lot of doubts and stuff, and you don't need yeah. random people being like, "Well, you're toxic," um, which has been like a lot of talk because of like the pace of the relationship. So people are saying like, you know, they're apparently engaged. He has like mm-hmm. tattoos of her. Um, and, you know, saying this is like red flags and stuff like that. And like, I don't know, my opinion is as long as like Ariana is comfortable with it, like what is the problem? Stay out of it. Oh, like, yeah. you know, on the, on the tattoo front, he's got heaps of tattoos. I mean, I don't know him, but like I would guess mm-hmm. that it's not like an enormous deal to, to get a couple more of her, you know, like mm-hmm. it's obviously it like signifies something, yeah. to him, but like, you know, I wouldn't do it, but it's his yeah. body. Do what you yeah. want with your own body. Yeah. And with the quick engagement, like plenty of people get engaged quickly and sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but I, it's not, you know, it's not legally binding or anything. And- you no, know, um, I have a friend whose parents met and then f- four weeks later we're married and yeah. we're still together. Yeah, like exactly. Happy. Yeah, and I mean, it is rare. It it is is rare, rare. and it is nice that, like, people are logical, but I just want to ask, are you so freaking logical when you are going back to that F-boy from the club again? I don't think so, Rachel. Um, Yeah, it just seems like everyone has a lot of better perspective when it's not their relationship, which is ridiculous because it's not your relationship, so how do you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Also, like, I mean, the engagement, they could be engaged for years. Like, there's people who get in more intense relationships more quickly and like you know a ring isn't the only thing that signifies that a relationship is intense so like you know just just leave them alone um if you know if there is some sort of like a problem with them moving forward and like you know people think they're moving too fast that is like maybe up to their close family and friends but like you know ultimately up to them it is not for random people on the internet or like Mm -hmm. you know all these magazines and newspapers around the world to be giving their two cents on like step back and let the cool young people be happy Mm -hmm. um so i guess as my closing remark on this whole media circus around pete and ariana um -hmm. because i just want i love love you've heard me ramble about rom-coms a lot today um i 
I just want to say like to everyone saying that this, you know, this will never work. Mm -hmm. Like, did you think that maybe that's a good thing? Like sometimes our relationship ending is the best thing for both people. Yeah. And like you at home don't win because you were cynical Mm -hmm. about love. Like you don't get anything from that. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't win if they break up. They win because, you know, there's always a positive outcome to a relationship. Obviously, like I'm not talking about ones that include like abuse or anything like that, but I'm just saying that like um, in relationships that are going well until the breakup, Mm -hmm. um, that you either get to be with someone forever and it's like adorable and it's Mm -hmm. like a notebook or you have fun for a while and then, you know, you realize that you're not compatible mm-hmm. and you leave it behind and you learn a bunch of life lessons and you grow as a human. So like, this is why I, feel, I yeah. don't have a problem with the tattoos. Cause like he has this tattoo and if they break up, then it represents this wonderful time in his life when he was in love. And like, yeah, I mean like maybe if it goes like really badly break up, like again, you can get it covered. I think people are like very old fashioned and don't realize that like tattoos are not the be all anymore, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like sometimes it's nice to be able to reflect on things in like a nice way. And, mm-hmm. you know, if it, if they do just, if, if they ever break up and if it's amicable, like mm-hmm. I think they both won out of it because then, you know, you've learned lessons and then mm-hmm. you get to go and like, you get to meet the love of your life and like you get to meet someone yeah. else that you're going to be perfect with. Maybe you'll meet no one. You'll also be happy. But like, basically what I'm saying is, is like you sitting at home predicting the outcome of people's relationships. Like it just doesn't help. It doesn't help mm-hmm. anyone. Especially because, because you don't actually know them. So I guess that's all I've got to say on relationships in the media, I guess. Alrighty. Well, that is another month from us at Different Things mm-hmm. Can Be Sad. Um, what are you going to be up to for the next few weeks, Mike Dog? Um, I will be in New York for a bit longer and then I'm going home and working a bit and volunteering a bit and we'll see what I'll be doing. I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah. You'll have to, um, everyone needs to make sure that they're following Micah on various platforms. She is Miss Clearwater and she'll put some more New York pictures up because I want to see them. Yeah. Um, as for myself, I am interning for a little bit longer here, which I don't know if you've got it, but I adore it. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's so, so much fun. Um, then I'm flying to Melbourne, Australia, where I go to school. Um, I'm there for, like, I think, like 36 hours. And then I'm flying to New Zealand, and I'm going to be there for like just over two weeks. And really, really excited about that. I'm so, so. jealous. Yeah, I'm. I think it's gonna be cool. I think it's gonna be cold, which will be kind of weird, because mm-hmm. um, I haven't had cold in like quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, super excited about that. And yeah, I think by the next time we'll be recording, I'll be finished that trip and back in Melbourne. So yeah, we'll be able to chat then. Um, in the meantime, where should people find us, Micah? You can find me at, at Miss Clearwater on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I am at Yasmin Lomax on Instagram and Twitter. And what about our Different Things Can Be Said podcast channels? Where are they at? At DTCBS Podcast. And we've been posting quite a bit on our Instagram. Yasmin's been doing an awesome job with social media. I've been doing Uh, an okay job. But basically, (laughs) we've got a bit of a schedule together. So make sure that you're tuning in regularly. We've got um, features that are happening. So every Wednesday, we do like a little funny, like hump day kind of post. Mm -hmm. So um, this could be like um, a picture of Trey and Bunny McDougal in the bath in Sex Mm -hmm. and the City. Um, we also do like a good news Friday, which is just like a funny kind of, no, I guess not funny, but like heartwarming things that are happening in the mm-hmm. media. Cause the world kind of sucks at the moment in many ways. And it's good to be reminded that we can care about different things. Some of them are not sad. Some yep. of them are really good. Um, and then on Sundays we do a post of links of like articles we enjoyed that week. So they might mm-hmm. be like really well written ones or they might be just things we think that we should be talking about yep. um between pods um and yeah that's basically us for another month it is bye, bye.